Welcome to the Minimalist Educator Podcast, a podcast about paring down to refocus on the purpose and priorities in our roles with co-hosts and co-authors of the Minimalist Teacher Book, Tammy Musiowski-Borneman and Christine Arnold. In this episode, Lavona Roth speaks to us about the Ignite Your Shine framework and how it can support our work as well as our students in our work. Her pair down pointer is remember to bring it all back to yourself and your heart. As an engaging and interactive keynote speaker, consultant, educator, and mum, Lavonna Roth brings her passion for how the brain learns with identifying how every individual shines with their mindset and well-being. She leads a small business where she and the Ignite Your Shine team boost schools in embodying a human-focused culture, a culture where we put those doing the work at the heart of the impact desired. How? By supporting schools in harnessing the Shine framework, increasing psychological safety, and building a foundation based on the brain sciences. Shine is the secret to a work environment where all want to be. Lavonna has three degrees, is the author of eight books, and has worked with organizations in the US, Canada, Europe, South America, and the Middle East. She is the creator and founder of the Ignite Your Shine framework and also Prime to Shine, where she coaches educators in how to amplify their full impact through educating consulting. Shine will leave you inspired, help you find your power through aha moments. Ignite the fire within you to have the confidence in who you are and what you do because you are the difference maker. Welcome to today's episode. Today we have with us Lavana Roth of Ignite Your Shine. Welcome to the show, Lavana. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. It's always fun to talk about shine with you. Um, it's a message that I, of course, believe in. And, you know, it helps us really find purity within our educational spaces. So can you tell us a little bit about um, maybe the, your journey with shine? Like how you decide to start Ignite Your Shine and tell us a little bit about it. Sure. I, it was never a plan. I feel like a lot of times some of our most fun adventures or interesting adventures are not planned. I planned on staying as a teacher and then ended up going, was going to go into administration and had an opportunity to jump and actually work for a company. And after several different companies for different reasons and different experiences, which have all pulled into what I do with Shine now, I went and started consulting on my own, speaking on my own. That led to eight books that I have based upon brain sciences and and strategies that you can use in the classroom aligned with how the brain learns and such. And looking to seeing the achievement that should have seen, at least in my opinion, based upon brain science and using that research. And I was like, what is happening? Something is going on. And then finally, I went, wait a minute, we have to put the brain into a state of learning. And while this was happening, my daughter was also going through a time in school following my path, essentially, of doing great in elementary, middle, not so well, look out, totally different situation. Because of that, I thought, you know what? She is smart. All of my students who went through the same thing are smart. I smart, but I didn't feel that way. And so I wanted to go after what was smart in education, but it ended up being, for various reasons, being called shine. And it made so much more sense because it's not just about how smart we are, but it is about us as a whole person and what we bring to the table to contribute in our personal life and our professional life. Can you tell us the um, what the acronym stands for? Because some people might be familiar, but maybe others are not. But the way that you came about your life's work now is incredible, right? Kind of taking that 
experience that you had and then what you saw with your daughter and then knowing that you had to do something with it, like you, you had to make some kind of change. So can you tell us about the framework? So people don't know what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> how do they not know? No. So shine in itself it as a word can stand, but it is an acronym. And back to before shine actually represents as experiences. And I think that's the beauty of us being as human, frustrated with a gap that we see or something isn't going our way, how we had planned or hoped it to be, yet that often draw to light where we need to serve or where things could be designed or created to support people. And so, yes, my daughter was definitely a big part of that, my own life, my students, and then meeting others. You know, I, I created Shine for the point of students to understand how they are and who they are so that they can accelerate and be elevated. But I kept having administrators, board of ed, even police departments, teachers coming up and saying, you have no idea how badly I needed this. So when we shine, what are your strengths, gifts, skills, and talents? So we're really focusing on your strengths over your deficits. We often talk about Gallup research and how Gallup, you know, says a strength will remain a strength, but a weakness will never become a strength. It does not that you can't improve because we do, but it won't get to the level of your strength. So what if we came in through the lens of looking at a strength instead, and how do we use our own strengths to be better and do better at what we do? How do we teach students to do the same? And what if we even taught through that lens, which I love. H then is heart. It's about passion. So what do you love to do? You know, I, I did H for heart because P for passion would have been ignite your spine and it doesn't work the same as ignite your shine. So we're going to go with about that energy. What do you love to lose time with? What do people say? Like, seriously, could you stop talking about X? Well, that's because it's a passion of yours, you know? So you kind of lose time and conversation flows. I and shine is going to be inspire. So you have your S for self with your strengths, gifts, skills, talents. It's also about mindset, self-care, anything that has to do with self. You have H, which is heart. And there's your passions and the two together, are what we call the shine spot. And that's where you really get into fulfillment. However, life is still going to throw us curveballs. They're big like a pandemic, whether they're small. And so how do you stay inspired and how do you inspire others? I personally believe we have an obligation to both. You've got figuring out how do we inspire ourselves and then how do we serve those around us and keep them inspired and do things, whether they're small or big, to inspire them. And then N and shine is navigate, meaning what are you going to do with everything I just talked about? It's you putting your strengths and your passions and the inspiration, putting it all into action to create who you want to be, your story, your journey, your goal setting, because that takes us into E, which is exceptional because you're becoming the exceptional person you were meant to be, not anyone the mirrors of what else's greatness is put up your mirror of greatness and say, not from a bragging, not from an arrogant view, but from a confident view that I am exceptional, right? I am here for a reason. And how do I use that to make the world even better? Whether that world again is personal, whether that world is professional and that is ignite your shine. It sounds like you've used like research and professional expertise as well as personal experience to really think about wellness and, and the whole person that we can be through growth and learning and everything. Yes, I think one of my most favorite parts, well, first of all, I started out in college in psychology and I bombed, like I bombed, <laughs> like I was going to be kicked out of college because of my grades. 
And I didn't like the theory. I wanted you to tell me, okay, but what does that mean in my life? What does that look like? And so I always feel like I've done everything in reverse. It's been all of these life experiences that have come to fruition and happen that now I'm like, oh, because of this and this and this, and that means that this, and this is why people do that. And what if we on this piece instead. And all of this came to my head. And then it's crazy. It fascinates me how much research now I see supporting what the thoughts are from the experience. I know Tammy often will send me things, you know, look, here's a little clip or here's a, a meme. And it's right in line with what the research is saying that supports shine also. So I love those moments. Oh, that's awesome. That's very cool. So uh, it sounds like Shine could help us in so many different ways with our students, with each other, with ourselves personally, through our own experiences. Um, But if we're thinking specifically about teachers in their workplace, focusing on Shine, how would that help them as well as their students? I think a part of this is going to be looking at the level of exhaustion that educators have right now. And just feeling so overwhelmed. I mean, you came out of a pandemic and I know we truly need to pause for a moment. Came out of a pandemic that was mind blowing, not knowing how to deal with it, not knowing what to do, floundering and trying a thousand different things to see what works, transitioning to being online and figure out how do you teach kids virtually from kindergartners who wiggle and jiggle and wait, did you see my little dinosaur that I have over on the right? <laughs> you know, and making faces to high school kids who are like, seriously, like, where's my social life? Where, where is this? And so then coming back out of all of that and let alone fearing for our lives, like, am I going to survive this? Is my, are my loved ones going to survive? So I want to make sure that we don't forget what we have come in the past. Yes, let's move forward. Yes, let's move on. But there is the reality of all that we went through. And so how do we shine in that way? And a piece of that to me, a big piece is getting your staff, what we call a human focused culture. The human as the focus in the school, whether they're big or whether they're little, whether that's you or whether that's others, and how do you honor the strengths that you are bringing to the table and having those conversations, have your grade level team come together, your department team come together, your whole school, or mix it up and talk about what are you good at doing? One of my most favorite moments, because it was a little bit of an aha for me too, and this was still in the pandemic part. But I was already back in schools, face-to-face, working in a PLC with a particular group. It was a kindergarten group. And I had said to them, you know, when you think about your strengths and you think about getting yourself through all of this, because they came in crying, to be honest with you, it was heartbreaking for me, brought out the tissues. And I said, when you think about your strengths, and they literally look at me like, what do you mean strengths? Like right now, I, I don't have anything. I stink at everything. I'm not good at any of it. I don't know where to pull the energy from. And I said, you know, when you look at your strengths, let's talk about that. And when you look at those around you, are they different? And they said, said, yes. And I said, some of the things you're actually working on right now may be a strength of yours, not a passion. It might be a strength of yours and maybe a passion. It may be a passion, but not a strength. But when you look at these, you have those on your team who, for example, something that you could do, you have enough of a strength to drains you, but your colleague sitting across from you loves to do it. So what if instead you went to her and you said, Hey, this is draining me. I'm not good at it. I don't, or I am good at it, but it's draining me. It doesn't matter the scenario, but in this case, she was not wanting to do it at all. And I said, what, it wasn't a strength of hers either. And I said, what if you asked her to support? And because if she loves to do that, that gives her energy. And she said, wait a minute, 
Lavana, you want me to go to her and you want me to admit that I'm not good at something. And I said, yes. And this is where the light bulb went off. And I said, let's pause for a moment. And I turned to the other lady, the other teacher. And I said, if she came to you and asked you for help with this, something she's not good at doing, how would you feel? And she said, oh my goodness, like I would feel great. Like she needs my help. I'm happy. And I said, you see, we just use her strength which lifted her up, brought her joy, made her happy, made her feel valuable in order to also help you in an area that is not. But I guarantee someday, someday, sometime down the future here, and that maybe in the next month, maybe the next year, you are going to have that reciprocated. She's going to come to you and say, hey, you're really good at this. I'm not. Could you support me? But I think so much we look through the lens as educators. We look through the lens of the reflection on ourselves because what we do, our profession is so personal. And we forget about what is the effect on the other people? Might it actually help them? Yeah, you gave a lot of really good examples about, you know, just hearing about some of the teachers that you've worked with and how it's kind of helped them almost find um, a sort out, right? Like, I need to do these things, but I'm not good at all these things. I don't want to admit it because I should be good at all these things, but that's not the reality, right? And that's how we get burnt out. We think we can just do all the things and think we don't need to ask for help, but we really need to do that. And I think that working within this kind of framework, because it's not a program, it's a framework, right? So it helps, it guides people through, you know, kind of a process. But can you talk a little bit more about, because you mentioned um, just some conversations that you've had with other teachers. You mentioned um, a little bit of PLC work, but can you talk a little bit about how this framework could help teachers really prioritize like um, student engagement in their classroom or building confidence, let's say? Yes. So we actually have lessons that are totally for free that will support part of that. So we recommend, you know, going through and understanding what the framework is about and then digging into those lessons. But as you're going through those lessons and then going beyond the lessons, because there's only so many of them, they're meant to language and philosophy in the classroom, that once you do that, then students begin to take over as well as you. You understand what it's about and students begin to take ownership. So we talk about agency. Students are not having the ownership. Teachers support with that too. And you begin to take that through. But what we do is, and we recommend is during your PLC time, common planning time, whatever that time looks like for you. And in some cases it's after school. We've had schools that don't have any of that. You know, it's been taken away for various reasons. And so they meet after school in order to have that time work. But in during that time, you have those conversations around what is it that we're seeing as far as the strengths of our students or about the teacher themselves. They can bring that to the table too. And we help facilitate with what is it that you want to work on. So first grade, for example, you're really not feeling inspired right now. The students aren't feeling inspired. We want to work on the letter I. They go after how do we implement that, create that. But then you might have, let's say I'll jump to a high school. <laughs> you know, it, it might be you know, where the social studies department is saying we need to implement strengths. So we want to look at the historical strengths of our characters or figures that we have in history. Plus, we want to look at the strengths of our students and our own strengths and how do we elevate that. And I love how you said confidence, Tammy, because that's essentially what shine is. You could say ignite your confidence. It's the same thing as ignite your shine. It's just shine breaks it down better so that you have components of a framework to help focus. So as, yeah, as teachers get together, you know, the goal is use these lessons, get that off the ground, get going. But we really want students 
and teachers to do it during the PLC time, whether we're working and facilitating to help that at first, the goal is to release that or they do it on their own. Yeah, I, I really like what you're saying there about, you know, focusing in on the strengths. I think I've, I've thought this in the past that we're almost as teachers trained to see deficits and not necessarily in a way of like super negative towards our students, but like we're trained to go, or they have that gap in their learning, or they haven't reached that standard yet, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, I mean, can you talk a little bit more about how we might be able to switch that or turn that off or or use it more purposefully to, to serve us? Yes. So an example would be finding, you know, when you, let's say you have students who are working on a project, I'll use that as an example, or you are going to teach a specific skill. What are the strengths of your students? So for example, if a strength of mine acting things out, could I show you that I learned it through acting out because it's a strength of mine? If it's a, where you absolutely love to draw things, could I provide an opportunity to you to utilize that strength in a group individually, even to support me as a teacher? Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm terrible at drawing, like I'm awful at it. And I would love to be better, but I could have students who that's the strength of theirs, have them illustrate some things for me. And you are spot on, Christine, with we are so trained. And again, it's, I got you and you're not good at this and you need to work on that but we are looking at the gaps. So how do we take students from the next level to the next level to the next level? Because we are scaffolding skills. So because of that, we default to looking at a lot of the negative in our talk can be, you need to work on this. You have these problems. You've got six out of 10. So four are wrong. You need to fix those four. And you know, even it, more commonly have been talking about what if it was a simple switch, even as putting up a sentence and saying, what is right with the sentence? Because what we immediately go to is what is wrong with this, which means we are technically asking our students for perfection. Perfection in real life, a majority of things are not actually attainable. So knowing that, what if we start, what is right? Because you are also from a brain thing that is right about that, which we hear that again as a student. So if I put up a sentence and, I, and someone raises their hand and says, oh, that student started with a capital letter. Yes. What did you just reinforce to the whole class? Start with a capital letter, right? You just reinforced that from a positive lens. And you do that for everything. And then you can say, what do you see that we could make better? What do you see that could be corrected? And now have that conversation because it's the same thing in math. What do you see they did right in math, right? With this problem, what go wrong? Where could it be better? Where could it be corrected? I think to students, what's right with this thing that we're solving or, you know, even when we're setting up classroom expectations or like old school class rules or whatever, we want to state them in the positive because we want to see what, you know, the behaviors that we want to see. We don't want to tell them, don't run, don't shove, don't yell, all those things, because what do they want to do? Then they want to do the things we're not supposed to do. But um, one of the things that I did at my school last year was um, we were digging into some student strengths and Kids at the younger years sometimes have a hard time um, identifying what they're good at besides like, I'm good at soccer or, you know, like those kind of physical things. And so one of the things that I like to do is just ask a whole bunch of whys. And then I just got to be known, like, as soon as I started asking one student, like, but why is that about themselves? They started uncovering things that they were good at, but they didn't realize 
So one boy that I was working with, you know, he loved Lego. So we were talking about strengths and passions kind of mixed together. And, he, and I'm like, but why do you like Lego? You know, and so we went down this whole, like, I asked him like seven times. I'm like, oh, so you like to design things and you like to build and all of that. And you're creative. But he didn't think of himself as that way just because he liked to use Lego. And sometimes we have to in a little bit to figure out where the strength is because it could be his thing later in life, right? Maybe he does become an architect or a designer or whatever. We talk about you being a detective because you're looking at yeah. the themes. What are the themes? Yeah. There are themes that are happening there. Like when I look back on my daughter, you know, I see the theme where because she looked at being an interior designer. She loves supercars. When I asked her what she likes, she likes the way they look. Well, that's design. She is now a realtor. That's design. So there's a theme there, a thread. And I love how you asked that, Tammy. Why? 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 To get down to that. I think I need I think I need to try that when my students tell me they want to be a YouTuber when they grow up, <laughs> instead of just going, what? What are you talking about? Need to go, why? Why? What is it about that that's appealing to you? I like that. Be a detective. Levada at that point where we ask our guests for a pare down pointer, which is just a little um, tip for, for a tool where people can uh, pick it up and you know try to pare down or prioritize or find this in what they're doing. Yes, so similar to what I said before, but I really ask you to make a list of the things that you do. And uh, for example, you know, look at the past 24 hours. What are all the tasks? I know it sounds crazy to do that, but what are all the tasks? And you can do just professional or you do professional and personal and really look at each of them. And how do you feel? Like, for example, rate it maybe an S if it's a strength or an S plus if it's a really strong, strong strength. And then do the same thing for heart, for passion. What are you passionate about? Because where you see an S plus or an S with an H, that is, and I would do the same thing, H plus, all that. You can modify that how you want, but really look at those tasks that are draining to you, for example, or draining you're not good at, or you're not good at. Is there a way around those? I'm not saying to give up. And again, please don't misunderstand me. I do mean you can improve on these things and we should work on things that we're not the best at. But at the same time, how much of those are actually draining us? You know, I, I would appreciate you and Christine so much for doing minimalist work because that right now, when you look at what everyone is taking on more and more and more, and one of the biggest things I hear in education is we're not taking anything off the plate. So your book, your podcast, all the work that you two are doing is needed so badly. So I hope listeners are really paying attention to this. You know, take the advice of what they're giving because we all need it. We all could be minimized our times. But if you also want to take a task with that, then do the S at different levels and the H and really see what could come off the plate that is that you don't need to do. And maybe somebody else could and they would love it. Yeah, I love that because that is definitely just dusting off the plate, right? The things that just aren't what you love or just suck your energy out. So thank you for that so much. Thank you also for coming on the show. It's great to chat with you. Today's episode was brought to you by Ignite Your Shine, the secret to a school environment where all want to be. Keep your staff's fire for educating blazing and your students achieving with research-supported keynotes, workshops, and coaching that skyrocket success skills, close the learning gaps through micro-skills, and amplify engaging instruction. 
Be sure to join Tammy and Christine and guests for more episodes of the Minimalist Educator Podcast. They would love to hear about your journey with minimalism. Connect with them at PlanZPLS on Twitter or Instagram. The music for the podcast has been written and performed by Gaia Moretti.